This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a little depressing for me this morning, Labs. There's going to be no more reckless speculation about the quarterback position whoa, on this show. Whoa, no. what? whoa, Did I jump the whoa. gun there? <laughs> what do you think? I probably Seriously. jumped the gun there. I mean, do you honestly believe for a minute that Steelers Nation isn't out there? You think they're happy? <laughs> you think they're you, no? But I mean, you think they're happy with the quarterback depth chart the way it is now? Uh, I'm happy with no, it. No, no, no. You're probably happy with it, but Steelers Nation is probably <laughs> madder than they I'm, were before he signed in some weird way. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think that there's seriously that there are some fans. That would like the Steelers to draft a couple of quarterbacks. <laughs> so you have options, you know, and maybe and maybe sign one more <laughs> in free agency just to make sure. Well, if you go into camp with seven, you're bound to hit one, right? That's just that. That's just odds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into some questions from Steelers Nation, and we start today with Harold Young from Bonnie Lake, Washington. The Steelers have had many outstanding centers in their history. In your opinion, where does Ray Mansfield rank? Uh, that's a that's a good question, and it's an interesting uh, thing to debate and you know talk about because Ray Mansfield played 182 straight games with the Steelers. He was a starting center on the Steelers teams that won Super Bowl nine, Super Bowl ten. He also was one of the few people, uh, few players to survive the Chuck Knoll purge, which means. By that I mean he was a Steelers player uh, starting in 1964 when the team the Steelers acquired him in a trade uh, with the Eagles for cash. And you know when Chuck Knoll came in, one of the first things he did in 1969, he had a team meeting and he told the team uh, that was awful and had been awful for quite some time. Told the the players sitting in there that uh, the goal was. Uh, to win a Super Bowl, he said, and unfortunately for you, most of you here are not good enough to be still on the team when we do that. Ouch. So uh, so Ray Mansfield, again, as I said, uh, he was a second-round pick of the Eagles in 1963. The Steelers acquired him in 1964 in a trade in, in exchange for cash. You could do that in those days, just trade, you know, send the team some money, and that send you a player. You can't do that anymore. Uh, 13 seasons with the Steelers, Ray Mansfield never missed a game for any reason. He ended up playing 182 straight games. And as I mentioned, he was a starting center on two Super Bowl teams. Um, you know, Mansfield had to be a very good player to, as I said, to survive the, the purge, to be a starter for Chuck Knoll for so many years. But he was never voted to a Pro Bowl, uh, and he was not even ever voted first team all pro. And the reason that I mention those two things is because, you know, the Steelers have quite the history of outstanding centers. They actually have had six centers in their history who have been voted first team all pro at least once. Those six are Mike Bazrak, Bill Walsh, not the coach, Mike Webster, Damone Dawson, Jeff Hardings, and Marquise Pouncey. So, again, there are a lot of special uh, characteristics of Ray Mansfield's career, but if you're ranking them, um, you know, first team All Pro is a pretty significant honor because, 
and the first team all pro team. There's only one center. Poor Picked. Ray, poor Ray Mansfield. It, just another product of someone who was really good, but just played for a franchise that has so much history and so much great depth at that position historically. He'd be a great. He'd probably be one of the best centers on a multitude of franchises around the league in their history. Not the case here. He's like number seven here. Yeah, well, won a couple of rings. Had a lot of fun. Um, you know, you don't have to. Um, the only unfortunate thing was he died early mm. um, in a hiking. Had a heart attack uh, in a hike in in the Grand Canyon or something, um, and that's unfortunate. But. Ray Mansfield, he got his money's worth as a player. <laughs> Great guy. Media loved him. Um, he was very popular with the media in those two Super Bowls in which he was a starter. Um, a lot of good things uh, that happened to him in his career. Donnie Brown from Van Buren, Maine, asks, The new trend in the league seems to be mortgaging the future to win and win now. Was there a time when the Steelers were trying to buy a team rather than build one? And who is most responsible for changing it? Well, I won't say that there was a time when the Steelers were trying to buy a team. Um, but there was a time when uh, they threw draft picks away like, uh, you know, used Kleenex. <laughs> uh, that was the Buddy Parker era. Uh, he was the coach from the Steeler, for the Steelers from um, 57 to 64. And Buddy Parker hated rookies. And so he won two championships with the Lions. Um, uh, he resigned from that job, and then a few months later, he signed uh, with, the, uh, with a contract with Art Rooney Sr. to be the Steelers coach. During his tenure, uh, it was eight seasons in Pittsburgh. He traded four number one picks and a total of 14 top 40 picks in those eight NFL drafts. Wow. And some of the drafts, you know, you go back and look at them. I mean, it's ridiculous. The, the Steelers' first pick, their initial pick in both the 1959 and the 1963 NFL drafts didn't come until the eighth round. So they traded their first seven picks in both 59 and 63. In 1960, the Steelers made a first-round pick and then a not, not another one until the seventh round. Uh, so this is the way it was during Buddy Parker's tenure. Uh, but then Dan Rooney... Uh, who had become more involved in the football operations of the team starting around 1955, finally convinced his dad that Buddy Parker should not be allowed to make trades without running them past him and his father. So Art Rooney Sr. said to his son, okay, we'll, we'll do it that way. So uh, Dan Rooney tells Buddy Parker this new policy, and Parker, you know, he got angry, and he said, I'm not working, I can't work under those conditions. Uh, Dan Rooney looked him in the eye and said, I accept your resignation. Ooh. So um, the Steelers still floundered around a little bit. Uh, Mike Nixon was a coach for one year. He was 2-12. and 12. Bill Austin was a coach for two years. He was 6-20-2. and two. Uh, Then the Steelers found a guy who shared Dan Rooney's belief in building through the draft. Uh, that guy's name was Chuck Knoll. And um, trading away first-round picks. Since 1969, happened one time, and you and you're familiar with that because it was just a few years ago. Exactly, they got Minka Fitzpatrick. So um, that's that history. Aaron Breeze from Fresno, California. 
You answered a question about changing the overtime rules in a previous Asked and Answered with, quote, play defense. If you can't or don't, then you don't deserve to win. That sounds exactly like you. That must be a quote. I couldn't agree more. That being said, I hate when a game ends in a tie. So can you ever see some sort of special team showdown take place in the future instead of ending a game in a tie? Like a shootout in Uh, hockey. Let me tell you, Aaron, this this is an NFL regular season game. It's not a carnival game. It's not a skills competition, um, and uh, to use Mario Lemieux's own phrase, um, it's not a garage league like the NHL. Um, <laughs> so the, there's only 17 regular season games in, in an NFL for an NFL team. In hockey, in baseball, there are many more games or many more games in a regular season. So, in my opinion, you can't end or have a game, one of only 17, determined by, like I said, it's not a carnival game. You know, knock knock the milk bottles down with the um, with the ball oh. or, you know, throw the, throw the ring on the whatever to get a goldfish. That would or, you be know great, what I mean? though. <laughs> have yeah, the kickers right. line up from the 50, try to kick a milk carton off the, the, the upright. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, right. Or, you know, um, <laughs> they could, uh, you know, have – uh, three-legged races they can make it like a, oh, a shriners picnic or something yeah so <laughs> uh no i'm not in favor of that uh ties are not that bad they don't happen that often deal with it why do we even play football we should just do the three-legged races anyway that'd be a great league <laughs> michael arcella from kenilworth new jersey let me preface this by saying a friend said he could definitely kill the combine, even though he, ch- he chain smokes cigarettes <laughs> all day. Do the Steelers or any team in general have a policy barring any player from smoking cigarettes or vaping? That might be my favorite question we've gotten so far. <laughs> uh, okay, Michael, let me just tell you this: your friend is full of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he can say he can say whatever he wants, but I, I, you know, I don't. I'm not a someone who watches the combine on TV all day when it's on. But I'll tell you what, if your pal, the chain smoker, uh, would do it, I'd watch. Oh, yeah. Because that, to me, would be – that would be live comp. With a cigarette in his um, mouth, right, as, well, he's, whatever. as he's doing I mean, it. Or he could put it, make him put it out right before he does the three-cone <laughs> drill or the short <laughs> shuttle. Um, because, you know, let me just tell you, that, 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 is, that looks easy, you know, when players are doing it. But – if you haven't done that and practiced it a lot, oh, yeah. try and run around. Remember which cones you stop at, which cones you go through, and which which way you go through them. Whether you turn left or right coming out of those cones, go ahead and do that on turf uh, with shoes on, and see if you don't break an ankle on that turf trying to stop and start and turn real quick. So um, the other thing is, yes, uh, there was a, an era where uh, football players smoked. Uh, there were, in fact, ashtrays in the Three River Stadium <laughs> locker room at every locker, you know, for players who smoked. And those ashtrays were not removed until after Jack Lambert retired because <laughs> Lambert was one who always enjoyed uh, a post-game cigarette or two. And, and good I don't luck think taking the ashtray really... away from him. <laughs> <laughs> right. You, you go tell him he's yeah, not allowed right. to do that anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, athletes today, I mean, there's way too much money involved. These guys take care of their bodies. You know, I'm not saying that there isn't, you know, an occasional um, cigarette smoked or, you know, whatever uh, smoked. But, I mean, these guys are not chain smokers. They're not. I mean, I, uh, working, you know, before the pandemic, when we were were all together, 
uh, over in the south side, then the players would have lunch in the cafeteria, which is right there. And I saw Le'Veon Bell. He would come to lunch, and he would have like a little, almost like a, a shaving kit that men take on the road. You know, one of those yeah, little, right. little um, things. Okay. Yeah, and he'd open it up, and he had a scale and measuring cups and spoons. And he would go to the salad bar, and that's how he would make his wow. salad. You know, a, a half a teaspoon of sunflower seeds, and I'm just making this up. But, I mean, he would measure stuff, and the dressing, only so many ounces. Um, that's how serious these guys are now about what they eat, what they drink, you know, uh, in, uh, in-week massages, cold tubs, you know, all the stuff that these guys do to maintain and take care of their bodies. Um, you, you don't have to tell them, you know, don't smoke anymore because um, if they smoke, what they know is they're not going to, they right. will fall behind and lose millions of dollars. I mean, that's enough of a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking Incentive for? Incentive to deterrent. not do it. Deterrent. There that's you go, the yeah. Deterrent. Gone are the days of Len Dawson smoking a heater at the halftime of the Super Bowl and drinking a fresca. It's kind of depressing of when bottom. you think about it. Right. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> a over. simpler time. Gino yes. Calderon from Houston, Texas asks, I know it's called the draft because that's what happens, but does a drafted player have the option to decline to play for the team that drafted him and either go back into the pool or try to act as a free agent and try his luck? Okay. Um, I know I'm not supposed to answer questions with questions, right. but let me just do it this time. If Gino, there was, there was a uh, possibility that a player who was drafted could choose not to go to the team that drafted him. Um, what would be the purpose of having the draft? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because how many guys would actually go to the team they were picked by? Do you think that, you know, the whole setup of the draft is so that the bad teams pick first so that they can theoretically better themselves to create more parity and give you know, them a chance to win and their fans in that city a chance to see a winning team. Um, so, but if you uh, would give them an out, why would it, why would Joe Green have come to the one in 13 Steelers? Good point, yeah. If he was allowed to go back into the pool or cut his own deal or, you know, any of that stuff. So, uh, no, you can't do that. And if, if they would, they, and they're never going to put that contingency into the rule either. Well, you can always strong arm your way out like Eli Manning and John Elway did, but the team that picked you is getting a king's ransom of picks to do that. It's not like you're just walking away with nothing and you know, you're stuck. Yeah, and you better you're stuck with nothing. You better seriously, you better seriously have some. In Elway's case, at least, you better seriously have some uh, multi-million dollar uh, career options <laughs> uh, that you can fall back on. Steinbrenner, the old, yeah. Well, base major league baseball. Right, I think because, the Yankees uh, had a. I think I saw a documentary. Steinbrenner had him in his right field, his dream right fielder to start the season. So, um, yeah, because I don't think um, you know a, a career as a. All due respect to used car salesman, a career <laughs> as a used car salesman is a good fallback plan uh, instead of being the number one overall pick. Rod Kiefer from Edmond, Oklahoma. You called it. The Steelers will indeed bring another veteran quarterback into the fold. Welcome aboard, Mitch Trubisky. On a scale of 0 to 100%, where would you set the probability that they draft another quarterback, giving general managers Kevin Colbert's comments about starting camp with at least four? Okay. Um, let's 
since this question uh, was submitted and now when I'm answering it, there have been some developments, uh, the most notable one being now we have a pretty good idea of the amount and the length of Mitch Trubisky's contract. Right. Uh, that's two years, $14.2 million. Uh, then he can earn another $12.75 million in incentives to add to the total. So basically, it's a seven million dollar a year year deal, which to me is not big money. I mean, it's um, not for quarterbacks, not today. Um, look at Aaron Rodgers' deal; that's big money. Yes. So um, you, I don't even think that it's a lock that Mitch Trubisky is being brought in to be the starter. He's going to have to compete with Mason Rudolph. Um, and you can believe, you know, that he's going to win the competition, and he very well may. But if Mitch Trubisky comes and stinks during the preseason, and Mason Rudolph does not, uh, Trubisky will not be the starter because, again, it's, it's not a contract that is totally ridiculous where you cannot carry him on your roster under your cap, you know, unless he's starting. Um, so there's that. Um, now. As a, in terms of drafting another one, let's look at the Steelers' uh, depth chart at quarterback right now. You have, in no particular order, I'm just, as they pop into my head, right. Trubisky, Rudolph, and Haskins. Okay, all of those guys, regardless of what you think of them, all of those guys have started NFL regular season games, have won NFL regular season games as a starting quarterback. Um. You only keep three on your roster. Why would you draft another one knowing then that you're either cutting mm-hmm. a, an, an NFL quarter, a, a player who has a starting experience in the regular season and winning experience in the regular season, um, you know, and you're adding a, a rookie and you're, you, you have recently, I think it was last, last evening, uh, the compensatory picks came out. The Steelers got one, a fourth-round pick. So now they have seven picks in the 2022 NFL draft. When you look at the roster and the other needs, the other areas of the team that they still need to address, you know, they were 32nd in the league in run defense last year. Let me just remind people of that. You know, it's, and, the, and drafting quarterbacks does not help that. Okay. No Drafting a quarter, you know, because if you if you draft Kenny Pickett, he can't play inside linebacker for you in, in, while he's learning how to be a quarterback in the NFL. So I don't think that um, it would be very smart to spend draft capital on a quarterback when you have three guys, as I just mentioned, and I'll say it again, with starting NFL experience, winning NFL experience in the regular season, uh, and they're all in their 20s. You know, Trubisky's going to be 28. He'll be the oldest guy. Um, so, I, you know, never say never, but never. Zero percent is what uh, – and you can just sign a guy, you know, un, undrafted rookie, uh, fourth quarterback, or someone who um, has been kicking around the league, uh, somebody who maybe gets cut by the USFL, um, you know, maybe somebody who's been around for a couple of years, like Josh Dobbs, who's still floating around there. I think that's obviously well, an option. They can go that route for a fourth quarterback. The only, the only thing there, and I'm not, I'm not discounting that. That's definitely a possibility. 
But what you have to pay Josh Dobbs as a uh, multi-year veteran right. is more than you have to pay an undrafted rookie. And I really just think you, at this point you need a camp arm. And you can get that for the rookie minimum, which is right around a million dollars a year, and you don't even think he's going to make the team, so you won't even have to pay him that. Very good point. And Josh Jobs is better served working at, like, NASA or something like that. Yeah, or, <laughs> hey, um, you know, and Josh Dobbs also would be better served being an assistant coach, but I think that that would be a waste of his brain. I, and I, <laughs> I don't no. mean that. No, no. No, I'm, I agree I'm, with you. This guy is, a, you know, he's he's a serious individual in terms of, you know, his capabilities to con- tribute to society so you know i'm not again i'm not demeaning being an assistant coach in the nfl but um you know joshua dogs could make some serious contributions or be in a field that um could lead to serious contributions uh to society to america to whatever james labar from katasaqua pennsylvania can you recall any team going to the Super Bowl with an average offensive line? <laughs> Is he a fan of the Steelers? In my humble opinion, I would invest heavily in offensive linemen. They say it's a quarterback-driven game, but I think a dominating offensive line is more important and even more effective from a money aspect. Many pro quarterbacks can get the job done if they have great protection, in my opinion. I, I, if, if I actually uh, was able to talk to James, I'd like to ask him how long he's been a Steelers fan. Right. There's a, clearly a cutoff does he, here. Does he remember Super Bowl Forty Three? Does he remember the 2008 Steelers? If he does not, let me refresh James's memory. This was the starting offensive line in Super Bowl Forty Three from the Steelers. Left tackle Max Starks. Left guard Chris Kimoyatu. Center Justin Hartwick. Right guard, Darnell Stapleton. Right tackle, Willie Colon. Okay? Uh, that, the, tw- 20, the 2008 Steelers, they had a young Ben Roethlisberger, Heinz Ward, Willie Parker, Santonio Holmes, and Heath Miller. They were 29th in the NFL in rushing yards per attempt, 19th in points scored, 15 in red zone offense, 32nd in fourth down conversions, and they allowed 49 sacks. In the Super Bowl itself, the offense was only two for four in goal-to-go situations. Wow. I think it's fair to call that offensive line below average. In 2010, it might have been worse. The Steelers (laughs) went to Super Bowl 45 with this group. Left tackle, Jonathan Scott. Left guard, Chris Kimoyatu. Center, Doug Ligurski. Right guard, Ramon Foster. And right tackle Flozell Adams, who was at the end, I think he had virtually retired. Yeah, from his career with the Cowboys, and the Steelers brought him back. Ramon Foster really stands out of that group right there. Right, Um, and just by the way, that Super Bowl was lost with the help of a pick six uh, that resulted when uh, journeyman defensive lineman Howard Green, Green Bay's Howard Green who finished his NFL career with a grand total of two sacks and 76 career games, not exactly a pass rusher extraordinaire, right. came off the ball, drove Kimoyatu right back into Ben Roethlisberger's lap as he released the ball from about seven or eight yards deep in the end zone. The pass didn't get to Mike Wallace, fell short. Uh, Nick Collins intercepted, ran it back for a touchdown. 
The Steelers lost that game, I believe, by six points. So, um, yes, I have uh, experience, and I was actually attended two Super Bowls <laughs> uh, when one of the teams had a um, average. Well, let me say, as I said before, a below average offensive line. Been there, done that. I just have so many questions for James. Did he not watch the Super Bowl this year? I mean, it's not like the Bengals' offensive line was a bunch of all-stars and they advanced to the Super Bowl. Of course of course, it can happen. Also, in 08, who could forget Ben Roethlisberger on the podium, offensive line, who's laughing now? That's one of the most yeah. iconic lines of his career. Well, and then how about the previous Super Bowl? Um, when uh, um, was it the who, – who lost the – to Tampa Bay and the Brick, uh, the Chiefs, the they, they were turnstiles on the offensive right. line. Yeah, they're right. They couldn't block Shaq Barrett at all. Or right, right. Finally, so, yes. Florence Gomez from Marietta, Georgia. Should the Steelers consider signing Bobby Wagner to help fix our run defense? Um, I would look into it, um, consider it, um, talk to him, maybe see what he's looking for in a contract in terms of length. And amount of money, um, it's worth a conversation. But um, you know, targeting him, um, I think, would be a mistake. He's going to be 32. He's played over 9,500 NFL snaps. You know, he's old. Uh, I'm not saying he can't play anymore, but I don't think that you know much more than a you know bargain basement contract would be in order and a short term one at that. Uh, Bobby Wagner had since he was cut by the Seahawks that made him eligible to be signed immediately he did not have to wait for free agency uh, teams could sign him negotiate with him right away and he is as far as I can tell based on you know Twitter and you know all of that kind of stuff uh, hasn't gotten a sniff so you know I, I think that a lot of times fans tend to look at these guys uh, with you know in terms of what they were right. instead of what they are. And so, uh, again, when we were talking about quarterbacks and I was saying how I would not use a, a draft pick uh, on another quarterback because of the three veterans you already have on your roster now at, at very reasonable salaries because you need somebody like an inside linebacker or a defensive lineman or something to help that run defense. Bobby Wagner, it strikes me the longer and longer he stays out there kind of floating in free agency, the more likely is a chance that maybe you can strike a bargain. You know, it's always advantageous to get these guys, you know, thinking, oh, man, I I don't want to go too long without signing a contract and getting into a camp. So maybe if he keeps, you know, trending in this direction, it'll help the Steelers. But I I think someone's going to jump on him. He had 170 combined tackles last year. I understand. Um, But I'm sure you've also uh, played the that famous party game musical chairs Oh, of course there's only so many seats and when the music stops if you don't have a seat you're out of luck that's so that, gonna... that applies that applies to nfl free agency too no question that's gonna do it for this edition of asked and answered always a pleasure to talk to you guys thanks as always for listening for bob labriola i'm tom offerman and we will be back again next week